This is Gaming and DS. Here, can you hear now? I don't think anybody liked what you're doing there. What we're about to tell you, God damn it, we're right. Heavy on the BS. Heavy on the BS. You totally wrecked our legal fund, dude. We are out. You know, if we, anything comes up next year, we get sued again. It's just we don't have it. We're gonna have to dig deep. Welcome to Gaming and BS. This is episode 14. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sean. And I am Brett. Welcome back, folks. And we do have a special guest this time. Special guest! Exactly. I drug my buddy, Mr. Chad Knight, from my gaming group up in the hinterlands of uh, Wausau, Wisconsin. Drug him onto the show. Figured we'd... uh, Start talking to people other than us who may have a slightly differing opinion, or at least an opinion other than Sean's or mine. You might get sick of both of us. And um, Chad is also one of the key folks with the uh, the Evercon crowd. I talked about Evercon a couple different times, a little game convention up in that area, and it's coming up pretty damn quick, as in uh, January 9th and 10th. So, Chad, hi. How you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey. It's yeah, nice being well, had, isn't it? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Sometimes it is nice being here. <laughs> so, Chad, let's before we before we get into Evercon, let's go through a couple of things, and we'll we'll get Evercon right out before the the top the main topics. That sound like a plan? Okay. All right. That's for me. All right. So, announcements. Um, not really a ton of announcements. Um, Chad's on, obviously, and we got Evercon dot org, and he'll talk about that. But um, poll results. So, how many cons do you attend? We've had that up on Google Plus. Posted it on Facebook, and I think that was it for the most part. And the website, of course, at GamingAndBS.com. The website, 75% go to two to three cons. 25% go to one to two cons. Google Plus, 80%, one to two. Um, 10% only go to one, and 10% go to four. I think I know who that that four person is. Uh, Who's that? I think it might be Tim, my buddy Tim here in Madison. Um, I'm just speculating. I know he goes to Forge Midwest Gen Con. He may have been at Gamehole Con, and he may have gone to Gary Con, but he could go to a few cons I'm not even aware of. Um, Facebook, we had a couple responses, um, one to two, and then I had an individual um, that mentioned, like, hey, what about zero? And I'm like, I, I guess I never thought about people that can't get to a con. They don't count. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's kind of neat though. The people that came that come in, they I think when I was younger, Gen Con was like the only one I knew about. There really wasn't a local con in my area, in the same place where where Chad is now in the Wasser area. There wasn't a local con, so if you weren't going to Lake Geneva or Milwaukee or something big, you know, and that's not always easy to get to when you're 12, right? Hard to convince mom and dad to drag you all the way down there just to go throw some dice around. So that's kind of it's cool that more people are getting out and uh, hitting those things. So that's kind of neat. So now we well, got cons are becoming more prevalent too. I think. What's that, I mean, Chad? Wausau, well, I, I say in uh, I, I think cons are becoming more prevalent. I mean, here in Wausau alone, I mean they come and go, unfortunately. But uh, there was WestCon. Uh, there was uh, WasabiCon, which is on hiatus right now. Of course, there's EverCon every year. Um, so yeah, I mean. There's one out of Steven. There was one or two in Stevens Point. There was a sci-fi focused one. There's like an anime-ish one in that area yeah. too. Yeah, the Eagle Con is the is a, it's actually a doctor. It's put on by the Friends of Doctor Who or or some group like that. I'm actually involved in that one as well, <clears throat> and that's much of every year. And then um, there was another one. Um, I want to say Daisho Con, which is now done in. Um, Wisconsin Dells, because they moved when the uh, hotel they used here got torn up. Cool. So, um, 
wonder, can you guys hear that sound effect? I totally did hear did that you? sound effect. It's probably going to come yeah. through the recording. I'm getting screenshots of of you guys. and That's right. Yeah. Um. So that's, I think, it for announcements. We didn't have a lot. And then Random Encounter, we didn't have any real big emails that came through asking us any questions or suggesting anything. So let's get into Chad and talking about um, why he's here, what he has to talk about, and a little bit about something called Evercon. All right. So, so Chad, why don't we yeah, talk about a little, a little bit about Evercon. What is that for people who don't know what it is? Well, Evercon is actually a student-run um, gaming convention. Uh, this is the 15th year. So as, uh, I mean, there's always a, a new, you know, president, vice president. I mean, it's a school group that does it. Um, and then there's a group of us adults that uh, help out. And when, uh, from a school age, we're talking about it's the junior high and the senior high correct. at, uh, at DC Everest. So, Yeah, we're talking anywhere from, I think, 7th grade or 8th grade up through 12th grade. So, um, you know, and then there's some adults. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the teacher that's involved uh, is Christian Amon. He's the guy who's, you know, the powerhouse behind it all. Then there's uh, Miss Chris Peterson. Um, she's uh, she's uh, got a, quite a bit of a hand in it. And then uh, I'm kind of in that mix now, too, for the last uh, two or three years. So, so Chad, is um, so is this open to anybody or is it really specifically to the, the school kids? It's open to everybody. We um, get between 750 and 1,000 heads a year, so... I mean, for a school-run convention, it uh, it's actually uh, it get big. It gets bigger every year. So, I've been there. I've been there for the last um, two years, and this will this will be my my third year there with my buddies and such. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it's pretty impressive. There, there's a good gamut of stuff. There's a lot of kids who are into cosplay stuff. They do a bit of that. They've had SCA folks there, um, people doing like Baffle LARP type stuff, talking about different things, seminars on how to make chainmail, kind of those usual Connie type of things that you'd expect. Plenty of gaming, too. There's board games, Warhammer tournaments. There are RPGs. I run two, three RPGs there every year. They have little seminars on different things. They've got a little dealer hall where some of the local um, shops show up, sell stuff. It's it's pretty cool. And uh, you guys are doing an auction this year, right, Chad? Yeah, we are. We're doing a charity auction this year. The first um, is something that um, that's going to be on Saturday at four o'clock, and I mean, we've got stuff rolling in already. Anywhere from you know gift certificates to local stores to games to we've got um, we got a stand-up video game uh, console this year that's going to be auctioned off as well. So, and this year the proceeds all go to benefit the uh, women's community here in the uh, in the local area. Very cool. As all charities grow from year to year will be, um, you know, local charities. We want to, uh, the group did that anyway. They reach out to local communities and give back money every year. But we thought we would highlight one charity group each year and, you know, do the auction for them. So, and the response has been really good from uh, local groups. Cool. So what type of events are being held at Evercon? Is it um, only D&D? What, what are you guys offering? Oh, absolutely not. Um, as far as role-playing goes, I mean, uh, I mean, we've got everything. Of course, there's D&D there. There's going to be some D&D 5th. There's going to be some D&D 2nd. There's going to be, I'm sure, Pathfinder. There's going to be Star Wars. We have a Fallout game running. Um some some crazy guys doing Call of Cthulhu, um, and and the, actually the Call of Cthulhu uh, setup is done to be to take place in Gaslight Call of Cthulhu in the Wassa area, so that'll be kind of neat. Um, but we have two big things coming out this year in the role playing, and I know Brett's touched on them in a few of the other podcasts. Um, but the the one that uh, that I'm most excited about actually is uh, we're calling it Experience the World of RPGs. And we're doing this Friday night. Brett's going to run an open game. So basically, 
there's going to be a few of us sitting down at the table to play, but we're going to have an audience. People are going to get to come in and see what happens behind the screen, what happens at the table, maybe roll some dice, maybe go stand behind the screen with Brett and go, hey, uh, I got to play an orc and I got to kill this guy, or, you know, whatever. So it's going to be really kind of neat, I think. Um well, one of the reasons we want to do that is after talking with uh, Christian Amon, the, the the teacher is is Chance, who kind of faculty member who runs the, who kind of runs the show for for the club. There is that there's a lot of kids that want to get into RPGs that come to the event and they want to kind of kind of wet their beak, if you will. But they'll see something like a Call of Cthulhu, a Pathfinder, Star Wars. Um, some guys will run their homebrew game systems. Other things that they're doing out there. Um, and what will happen is they'll be like, oh, geez, I don't want to sign up for that because I don't know what it's like. And they don't have really a – because it's kids and sometimes, you know, you get kids that are early teens and whatnot. And the last thing they want to do sometimes is just jump into a group where they don't know anything about the rules system. You know, we'll get kids in there that are 8, 10, 12 years old and to come in and sit at a table with, you know, three, four adults, a bunch of other kids, and they're like, oh, geez, what do I do? I don't even know how to play. What do these dice look like? It's just kind of that idea where they can informally just see that it's fun, see how it works, and then uh, what I plan to do and the players will do is once you spot that that boy or the girl or even the parent who's kind of eyeballing the table and seeing that it's fun, go over, grab them by the sleeve, pull them in, have them do something at the table with you, and then just kind of move it on from there. So trying to make it interactive so people can come up sit down and play for a little bit. I'll throw a character sheet at them if they have got time or if they don't, you know, have them play a monster for me or something crazy like that. So, Chad, when is, when, well, first of all, where is the con? Well, Evercon is held at uh, the D.C. Everest uh, Junior High, uh, which is at uh, 2000 Mac Mueller Street in uh, Schofield, Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, it runs both Friday night um from 6 to 10 p.m., and then it runs all day Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, weekend pass will cost you 12 bucks, so it's not an expensive con to get into. Um, if you want to come just Friday night, it's 5 bucks. If you want to come just on Saturday, it's 10 bucks. Um, so, you know, and, and a few other things we got out there. We've got the SEA coming again this year. Uh, one of the cool things they do is they do uh, longsword battles which is kind of cool. They do that. Um, and then this year they're doing a, a, a workshop on how to build a cat, catapult in trebuchets. So that'll be kind of cool as well. That's, that's something I was always looking into, to do in shop classes. Hey man, can I, can I build like a catapult? And now, now I can, I just go to Evercon. Exactly. Um, we do have an anime cosplay contest, um, that they give prizes out for, um, We've got board games that, you know, range from chess and cribbage to, uh, you know, Betrayal at House on the Hill, um, Shadows Over Camelot. So you got the whole array of difficulties of games. Uh, we have a war game room this year, which is going to have all war games in it, Axis and Allies, Risk, things like that. Um, uh, we have, every year, we have a Magic the Gathering tournament on Saturday, as well as a Yu-Gi-Oh! tournament. So, you know, it's uh, a lot of... Video, we have video game tournaments, too, don't we? They have yes. some video game stuff, too? going to get to, yep. There's, there's huge video game tournaments. Um, the big ones this year are League of Legends and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. So those are the big tournaments, uh, team tournaments, so... But uh, they've got video gaming going the entire time. So if you're into that, you can get 16 hours of video gaming in. So Sweet. Sweet, Sweet indeed. Fun. So what, it uh, what? It's fun, man. I've been, like I said, I've been there two years in a row, and I am super excited about this year because it's just the atmosphere is great. All of the students that are there that are in, that are in the staff, they're just running amok, making sure this is taken care of, making sure this is cleaned up, everything's organized as best they can. The teachers are there, you know, everybody's doing everything they can to make sure it runs as smooth as possible. They got little people out in the hallway, you know, the dealer area, selling different things, local people with handmade crafts or people are selling books down in the dealer area from, like I said, from the local shops. There's just, it's a really good taste of that local gaming feel and just the enthusiasm that these kids have 
when they show up and they, hey, I'm in the chess tournament. Um, I, I did a paint and take on the, on these little figs in the basement, or I got in the in the uh, the, the miniature painting contest, or I found this really cool thing at, at the at the store or whatever it is because they they're selling dice for cheap or or something like that. It's just it's really neat. Just they're so bloody excited. It's like this little post Christmas Christmas for gamers kids. It's fun. So Chad, what weekend was that again? What what, what were the dates? It is, uh, it is January 9th and 10th. Um, and one one other thing I'd actually like to get Brett to talk about is the old school challenge. Now, I know we mentioned it before, but we've, we've really hammered out the details on it. So if he wants to kind of... Sure. What, we're, what I'm going to do is uh, we worked with, with uh, Christian Amon and, and Chris and Chad and my buddies from Dark Theater and I. We said, hey, you know what we're going to do is we're going to run kind of the old school first ed contest, if you will, right? We're going to have three different teams of up to four players. They're going to go through set challenges. My buddy Alpha and I are going to be co-DMs. We're going to run all the teams through the different challenges, racking up points, and then whoever wins at the tail end of it, I've got dice bags from uh, from Great Out Productions, uh, from uh, from Michael, our buddy over there. So we've got that cool stuff going on. Uh, we'll have you know free dice for them for the winners. Then the if they beat the tournament, um, then they also are going to run them through a big uh, complete adventure at the tail end of, uh, of Saturday. So the first part of Saturday is all about get through the challenges. The last half is a larger module they'll go through start to finish. It'll be some, of course, some horrible murderous old school module. <laughs> Chances are everybody is going to be brutal, but it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, just, uh, I guess, if it's taking this opportunity to get these kids in into these little groups and have them kind of compete back and forth a little bit, have some really cool prizes for them. And just make that gaming thing that just take it up a little notch and have it be uh, a lot of fun for them. So I think it's gonna be cool. All right, I've never yeah. done it before, so we'll see how it works. It sounds like it's gonna be an awesome time. And if you're in the neighborhood in the uh, central Wisconsin area, check out Evercon at evercon.org. And then if you get up there, say hello to Chad and Brett. I don't know if I'll be able to manage to get up there. I get stretched kind of thin. I I'm only allowed a couple cons a year. Not to mention, put on your, this would be one to put on your list. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, one I one, yeah, it is something for me to consider. I actually didn't hear about Evercon until I met Brett. Honestly, until like last year. So it's something I'll have to consider. But uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, and again, if you have any questions or if you want to register, you got to pre-register for that chat or what's, uh, you show up at the door? Register on the website at theevercon.org. Um, if, uh, you wanted to run anything, if somebody wanted to run something, they can, they can sign up there at evercon.org as well. Um, we're still looking for more people willing to do panels. So if you got a panel that you, uh, take around to different cons and want to come do it, just throw us a, throw us a note out on on the website, and uh, get you got time yet? We'll have the link out in our in the show notes on our website, so uh, make sure you take a look at that. Indeed. All right. So Chad's gonna Chad. You got time to stick around? Oh, absolutely. All right. Sweetness. So topic of discussion. Um, we're gonna go ahead and get into that a little bit. So we're gonna talk about tech at the table. Tech at the table. Technology at the table. Exactly. So what we're talking about here is um, <clears throat> I've seen this online. I've actually I've seen it in person once. Um, I'm old enough that I remember when laptops started to become commonplace, right? So <laughs> what? When, yeah, I know. So when people start bringing laptops to the table and they're just like, well, I have my character sheet here and flip, that screen pops up and then they've got like this little thing they had behind. And then we've all heard the story of the guy sitting there with his laptop up. And like, uh, dude, Bill, what, what are you doing? Steve, what's going on? Hey, Jill, what, what's happening here? And they're playing World of Warcraft or something else behind, you know, behind there instead of actually participating in the game. <clears throat> and it's actually, I think, more people have gotten away from, at least in my experience, from actually bringing, like, the laptop perspective. But now it's the smartphone and the tablets and so forth. And there's, I think there's a good place for some of this stuff, and it, Part of it depends on the table rules, if you will, and what you allow, what you don't allow, or what makes the most sense for using it. So, Sean, when you're when you're running, 
Now, obviously, if you're running, if you're running on like Roll Twenty, you gotta have a computer, right? There's there's no two ways around it. Um, because it's it's an online game. But if you're just, I'm just talking about the table itself. We're not gonna talk about online gaming. Just the table when you're sitting there with your five six friends and you're running a game. Sean, if I brought a laptop and plopped it up, would you say, dude, dude, no, I don't allow that, or what would you do? Um, I've had. I've had people at the gaming table that have had a laptop, and they usually open it up, and that's what they use. They'll use um, Hero Labs um, character sheet. So they'll bring it up on their laptop, and they'll just keep it open. But they're pretty engaged. I haven't had anybody that's got on their – I mean, I'm probably the worst culprit if I open up my laptop. and I'm usually the one that's dinking around if I'm a player. Um it's usually when it's not my turn or it's kind of dragging on and it's a longer combat and I have my laptop open to my character sheet. Um, but I just, so it's okay if it's not something that they're obviously very involved with and not paying attention, you know, at the table. I don't allow them. I just flat don't allow laptops. You don't at all? No. If you bring a laptop, I'm like, no, turn it off. Seriously, dude, you, you, no. That's pretty hardcore. I'm crazy uh, that way. No no laptops. No laptops from you, Chad? No, not at all. In fact, um, I tried it once, um, and uh, Brett knows this, and you don't. I, I've got two daughters, and uh, I walked past one of the guys that has laptop up, and he's, and he's looking at porn. <laughs> no, I, it was done. Uh, I tried it. I what? tried it, and I'm like, no, we don't need this. I don't do that. I got a little discretion. I mean, I wouldn't do it at a friend of mine's house. I mean, if the kids were around, I I wouldn't do that. Hey, but okay, what about? <laughs> nice. I mean, if, maybe if I was at my friends and there there weren't any kids around, I don't know. Hey, check this out. But hey, do you well, guys? They, well, I was gonna say, do you guys? Uh, okay, so what about GMs? Right. As a GM, the only I honestly I don't like having a laptop in front of me as a game master, um, simply because. It may have PDFs or whatever it is on it, but there's something about the laptop when the screen is up, and I go to the com- I go to the laptop and I'm doing computer stuff on it, right? I'm clicking, I'm typing, I'm doing whatever. There's something about that that takes me personally, <clears throat> excuse me, away from the game. So when I'm playing with a group, whatever it is, I'm like, hang on, I gotta look something up. Instead of grabbing a book or grabbing my iPad or something, I pick up, I like go to the to the thing, re- open the screen, ticky ticky tick tick and scroll around on the mouse. Like, okay, there it is. I feel like I've gone like into computer mode for whatever reason, and I'm doing that thing. And it's always, whenever I've grabbed that laptop back in the day when I tried it, it was that the cue for the players to say, "Oh, he's doing computer stuff now." So we'll Monty Python quote, "We'll take a break and go get a snack. We'll do something else." It was like this un unscheduled break every time I did it. So I personally don't like using them. All right, so Brett's wrong. What about you, Chad? Nice. Um, as, as a DM, no, never use them. I prefer books. I'm a, I'm a big book guy. Um, you know, um, laptops, no. I, I personally don't use them. I, I don't like them. I, I, I don't even use a, a DM screen when I, when I run. I just don't like – it's hard enough sometimes to engage your players – and then you put a wall between you. I, I just don't like it. All right. So what about – okay. So uh, here I All go. All right. So Sean, Sean, do you so, have a laptop when you're yeah. game master? Uh, well, it depends. Sometimes, not always. Do you uh, – okay. I got a question though. I'll get to my answer. But All right. does Brett does Brett use a GM screen? You don't. He's shaking his head no for people that can't see it. No, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for Chad to back me on this because he's one of my players. So you, he doesn't use a GM screen, Chad? Never ever, seen one. Ever? Ever. So he hides maps, like, up his shirt? Um, n- no. Uh, most of the time he doesn't hide maps, as far as I can tell. He'll draw them out when they're needed. Otherwise, I think he hides them in his head. Hey, and just so, just to be <laughs> actually, clear. They're actually, they're on my tablet. They're on my iPad. Oh, iPad. Oh, it's technology. Hold on a second. It's not a, it's not a laptop, though. Right, it's, it's, it's fair enough. It's, the question was... The laptop, because when you get the tablets, I have a different view. Oh, okay. So I will answer the question because I haven't answered it, and I want to do that for Congress here. I will. It depends. I. It depends. I. 
try not to want to use a laptop, but it's easier if I need to jot something down or uh, like take notes. I could write it down, I guess, but I could also type it. Plus, it's I've got some apps that are really fast, faster to find stuff than anybody can find in a book. Okay, so for you, it's a it's a speed you can take notes faster and you can find your data quicker. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to be opening it and I'm GMing and I'm surfing porn or doing something else other than actually playing the game, especially if I'm running. If I'm playing, then I could probably dink around a little bit. To, you know, oh, I'll check my email. Okay, there's nothing there. Pop over to G Plus, post a picture of us cool guys playing. So laptop, I do get it. I mean, I don't, I don't. There are times when I play. And I actually, uh, for Hero Lab, I got the app on my tablet, so I don't use my laptop. But sometimes I have to open my laptop just to sync something. So I, I did purposely go out of my way to get the mobile app on my tablet, so I didn't have a laptop at the play at the table as a player. There's my I mean, answer when, for laptops. When my players have, if I look out and I see a field of uh, laptop screens up. It's like then everybody's playing with their own little GM screen in front of them, and uh, one of the <clears throat> see, one of the pieces on our table is we we roll in the open from players. I'll roll on my side table or whatever it is, but if anybody wants to see my dice, I don't care. But players always roll out front. Um, laptops also, from just a size perspective, even your smaller uh, your smaller ones, because of the lid flipping up and uh, just the, the space that they take, they just seem they're not as easily handheld as like a tablet perspective where you can hold it, put it in a bag. It's like a book as opposed to the laptop, which requires a certain amount of table space and depends on how big your table is. If you've got miniatures or maps or snacks and other things that are a hell of a lot more critical than your uh, than a laptop, in my opinion, then it just it takes up too much real estate. That's another thing I don't like about them. So I think we know where we stand on laptops. If you like laptops, email gamingnbs at gmail.com. We really don't care if you like laptops or not. <laughs> no, but just email us. Anyway. Just email we'll, feel us. Be- we'll feel better that somebody actually talked to us. Please, somebody All tell right. us something. So I think the other, the other thing is tablets. So we'll start with Chad. Chad says he's got a different opinion on tablets. Shoot, go, Chad. Well, I, I, I sort of have a different opinion on tablets. I still don't allow my players to use them, um, just because, like I said, engaging players sometimes can be hard enough that I, I don't want that in front of them. However, I was telling Brett before we started this, I have recently started using my tablets for my notes because um, I'm running a Call of Cthulhu game, and I've, and I've started using my tablet to keep my notes on and to take my notes on while we're playing. Um, it seems to work pretty well. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Um, but I still don't like to see a lot of technology around the table because it's, it's you know, it's not World of Warcraft. It's, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Well, okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate with Chad here for a second. Cause I'm, so my take is I get the pen, paper, and pencil stuff. I get that, and I get the... I get that that's kind of what the game's about and the essence and how we kind of grew up with it. However, I have an example of where technology comes in pretty damn handy, and I've explained this to Brett before. So I've played Path- I played Pathfinder, and it was, you know, obviously if you played Pathfinder, it could be the just getting a character in place can be pretty pretty diff- not difficult it's pretty straightforward it's cumbersome it's, it's cumbersome. cumbersome yeah that's the best word for it. it's cumbersome and there what are a crap ton of rules feats and other things to map and do the math appropriately if you're trying to do it right quote yeah. unquote so there was a game that i was going to run i was going to run um the skull and shackles campaign path for a group of mine and there was probably seven maybe well, actually six players at the table and one new person that hadn't played for quite some time rpgs and i said out of shits and giggles i said hey give me your character sheet when you think you're done and they said okay and so I, each as people finalized they'd give them to me and i input them in hero lab so i generated a first level character in hero lab at the table on my laptop and only one person generated their character correctly. One. So you were like the IRS auditing them. Yeah. Okay. Now I've used Hero Labs to create characters, um, but 
and for creating characters, I, I guess I wouldn't have a problem if I had everybody over to create characters and somebody goes, hey, I got Hero Labs on my laptop. I, I'd probably allow that because at that point, we're not gaming. But the secret with Hero Labs is, is you can print that shit out. Oh, he, oh, well, I got, oh, okay, let's go, all right, let's hold on a second. Hero Labs is really awesome for con- tracking conditions, and I bet you 50 bucks that if you're GMing and you're going, oh, you're hasted, you casted Bless, oh, and you, you failed your will save, so you are staggered, I bet you the next round they don't roll and put the correct modifiers in with the roll. I bet you anything. And, but if you use Hero Lab, you can go, okay, I'm Bless, boop, I'm uh, Staggered, boop, and you can hit checkboxes, and then you uh, you can actually have the app roll, or you can roll and you just know the modifier, which is pretty damn cool, well, I think. That, that is kind of a cool feature, but again, you know, how hard is it to, um, as a DM, and I do it constantly, I'll write down their conditions. And my players don't add anything in there because they know I'll do it. If they're blessed and they tell me, oh, I rolled a 17, they know I'm going to make it an 18. All right, that's fair. What about, what well, about group, Brett? What, Go. What, what, what the group usually does for me is I've done a couple of different things. One, we had a white, we have a whiteboard where the team will actually grab and say, what they have in play, like for a group bless or buffs or, sh- or shit that they're that they're doing. <laughs> you know, they've done that. Uh, yeah, Bardic. You know, we got the Bard out there doing something to help people out or to do horrible, evil things as Bards are wont to do, as we found out in our group. Um, but basically, they'll do that, or if they're staggered, and I've got guys who are complete Luddites who will not use any technology. I've got people that I don't think... They use a cell phone because their wives are making them use cell phones, seriously. And um, they just do the math. They just go, okay, I'm staggered. It's it's this, 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 and this. And they just they do it. It's not that hard to do it. And um, hey, I think I, mean, that, I, I do get it that it can be faster with the technology because you can just hit a condition and it, it applies it across the table, or excuse me, across the board for your uh, for your character sheet. But I don't. I, I guess it's okay. I don't need. Um, I don't need that though. Or at least my group has not found that so necessary that they're like, oh, if we don't have everything to automatically do that math for us, we can't do it. Huh. Email gaming NBS or (laughs) post on Google Plus if if how you how you roll with this because I think I'm on the fence. See, I could I could get really actually want me to spur up email. So I think for the grognards in the in our listening community, the pen, paper, and dice is the way to go, and they can make scratches and stuff like that, and and still probably under still have what they need to make the roll but i yep. man there's times personally where i'm like dude i who casted what what's going on how many rounds is it over yet oh you don't get the plus one this round that expired last round oh okay what the hell and granted it doesn't matter if you're using tablet or paper at that point but i tell you what if i just hit a checkbox and it's enabled and i uncheck it it's disabled but see, this goes to our last discussion, Brett, with actually following the rules as written. If you don't follow yeah, the rules as written, it doesn't I, I matter. Still quite under, I still don't quite understand what that means, but I kind of <laughs> get where it comes from. No, I, so I guess what this what this kind of leads into is a little bit. We talk about the old schoolers, you know, guys that have been playing since White Boxer before you know before Christ was corporeal, and we look at it and say, okay, um, kids. So let's just take the Evercon example, right? I got a host of kids coming in. My my two my two sons play. I played with <clears throat> excuse me other younger people and stuff, and they want to use their phone because it has a cool dice rolling app on it. I'm like, sure, just lay your phone down, roll the dice in front of me, so I can see it. You're fine. If you have somebody who is new to the hobby or whatever it is, and generally speaking, kids today are going to want to bring their tablet versus their laptop, at least in my experience. And if that helps them do something. I am more likely to let them to let them bring it. What I do then is I manage or should say monitor that. And like with tablets, I don't, you know, like, hey, just what's your character sheet? What are you doing? And because they're kids, you've got to do a little bit more to try to keep them lined to keep them lined up. And quite frankly, some kids are they forgot their dice at home, but they have the die the free die roller on their character sheet thing, 
in, on their tablet. I'm like, yeah, sure, what the hell ever, go for it. Oh yeah, because enable it helps, that it helps them stay engaged and enables them to play. It enables their them. irresponsibility, is what it does. <laughs> it does that a little bit. Yes, yes, it does. But the other thing, it it uh, from my perspective, what it does is it takes uh, a cool new technology thing that they're really into and that they really like, and instead of using it to play. World of Warcrafty type stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, just picking that game out of my pocket. But instead of doing that type of thing with it, they're using it. They're using their powers for good and actually playing a, a real role playing game on the table with me. Yeah, I'll I'll let them use tablets or or die rollers on their phone type of thing, or even a character sheet on their phone, because then it's something they they can lay flat. I can see what's going on. And I can help make sure that they're not you know playing Clash of Clans behind uh, while they're leaning back in their chair with their phone up by their face, you know, then I know that, hey, it's not Angry Birds, Clash of Clans, whatever the hell else they're doing. They're actually using it to roll dice with. Well, blame it on the kids, by the way. Of course. I'm a parent, dude. I got five kids. I'm going to blame kids for lots of stuff. Chad Lee, what, uh, so what do you tolerate? So you're like, no laptops, boom, bam, gone. And then tablets are kind of like, oh, you okay, here's a question for you, Chad. You, yeah. you... You did not like tablets, and but now you, or I shouldn't say you weren't a big fan of tablets before, but now you're kind of like, yeah, I, I take notes on my tablet. So what made you change? I got a tablet. Oh, so you didn't have one, so you just didn't know the power <laughs> and the lure of the technology. It was just Luddite rage. It was just angry. I don't have this new technology. Anyone who has it is banned. Damn them. Curse them now. I don't want to be what? like my dad and not have a tablet. Honestly, I'm still at the point where I'm not sure how I feel about tablets. I like the fact they're smaller. You know, even if everybody has a tablet at the at, at the table, it's not as big a barrier. My big thing is when, when I game, I want the person interaction, you know. And I want to be able to get lost in that world. And what's going to pull me out of that faster than looking up and seeing laptops everywhere? Well, I'm I'm going to tell you it's boredom. I'm going to tell you it's boredom. It's not. It is not the paper, and it's not the tablet. The tablet just allows the person to deal with their boredom. But if you're not, if they're not engaged, you're. That's. I think that's the bigger issue. So, so instead of blaming kids today, you're blaming the game masters. The game masters' fault that they're bored. Is that what yeah, I'm hearing you say? I do. Well, that's. Uh, yeah. I think it could be. Well, hey man, I call it like I see it. They oh. Yeah. Well, no, I may not be the game master necessarily. I know kids. You know, they're all over the place. I'm sure. Uh, speaking from a perspective where I don't have any kids and usually don't GM kids. They are all over the place. I'll just tell you that right now. Oh, absolutely. But hey, I got a question for you guys though. If you if they're bored with kids and they're bored, they're and they don't have a tablet in front of them. What are they going to do? They're going to color on their PC sheet, right? They're just going to start scribbling or dinking around with their miniature. I mean, it's not going to matter if they got a tablet in their hand, right? No, so that's a fair point, Sean. I think when I do see the the boredom pieces, even when the kid has a tablet, the thing I don't like about the laptop, quite frankly, is just the screen between me and them. I don't know what the hell they're doing behind there because I can't see the bloody screen. Yeah, I'm with you on the laptop. So even if I were to... So as a game master, I take my cue that I need to, like, drop another orc on them, um, green slime, you know, from the ceiling. Something has to happen. They're bored. You can see the boredom creeping through the group where they're making dice towers or they're talking about the magic tournament. You know, they're starting to drift away from what you're actually presenting. That's the cue to go and say, hey, boom, you, you see a big shadow across the sky. Oh, my God, it's a freaking dragon. Or suddenly a gunshot rings out and the hobo standing next to you who's begging for change a second ago just got shot in the head. Maybe they were trying to hit you or something. You, you immediately create some excitement and draw people back into it. So <clears throat> if I do look at it and say, you know, you mucking around with this technology is – I want you to stay engaged. If I use it as a litmus test, if you will, that when I see them drifting with the technology, that's a sign that they're bored, and that's a sign that I need to make something exciting happen, then, eh, not quite so sinful, right? I can I can work with that. Chad, Is that where you're going, Sean? Go, Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, no, that's good. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I see both sides of that. Chad, go, man. Yeah, I, I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, I 
the, the technology gets them too far away. If they're if they're doodling on their um, you know their paper or whatever, I'm gonna do that from time to time. I mean, I'm sure Brett's seen me doing it. I'd so kill your I'd so kill your character. <laughs> boom, bam, boom. <laughs> you know, something else is happening somewhere else. I'll doodle. It's it's not a, but it's a lot easier to come out of that than all of a sudden Brett's like Chad, what are you doing? And I'm sitting there, you know, uh, surfing porn. <laughs> Please don't do that. You're no, never going to get the teenagers to listen to this episode where we keep dropping porn every few minutes. Well, I think I get where I get where Chad's coming from. Right, is that if you're in the middle of a clash of clans game or you're trying to play, I'm going to pick on Angry Birds because I'm I'm getting old and I don't know what the kids are playing today, um, or whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, Probably surfing porn. Could be. But if they're playing, basically, if they're playing a game while they should be gaming, that's that's a bad sign. You need to do something more exciting to keep them, to keep them engaged. But the other piece is that I, I kind of agree with Chad on that, too, is that if it's one thing if you're doodling or making a dice tower, it's easy to do the, hey, snap, dude, back here, Timmy, what, what the hell are you doing there, man? You got your combat? Oh, yeah, crap, I'm in. As opposed to put the game down. No, just wait till I finish this turn. I don't want ever want to hear that. You know, I don't want to hear. Just I just want to get this one thing built. You know, before I before I tell you what my character is doing. I don't want to talk. About, I don't want that to happen. Hey, so question about cell phones. How do you guys handle cell phones? Because they're not a tablet and they're not a laptop. So you're like cell phones. Guys looking at guys and gals looking at their text messages or surfing their things on their phone. How do you guys handle phones? I collect phones at the door, and no one gets them back till the end. Seriously? No, I'm kidding. Dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be fun. I totally go high school teacher. I'm like, everyone turn on your phones. You'll no. get this at the end of the session. <laughs> get this back at the end of the semester. Um, I think... Oh, go ahead, Brett. No, no, no. Go, go, kid. Go. I was just going to say, I think phones have become so ingrained in our everyday that Half the time, I don't realize they're there. My my players tend to leave them alone. I mean, they'll check text messages, that kind of stuff, but they've just become such a part of, of who we are, and, and, you know, maybe tablets and laptops will get there someday. But, you know, if, if one of my guys picks it up quick, looks at it, and goes, oh, crap, i got to answer this, and he does it quick, and it's done, I have no problem with phones. Now, I've had issues with phones probably more than even sometimes tablets because I've had that one guy who he'll get text messages from his – his his position's more unique because he'll get multiple text messages throughout the day from his kids and not like, you know, hey, the f- place is burning down or, hey, I, I got to keep you up to date of what's going on every minute by minute. They're just pestering the shit out of him throughout the day along with his – um ex-spouse will have the kids and they're driving her crazy and she's texting them all day. So literally his head's buried in his phone like three quarters of a session. Well, we've played before where, where I've had guys like even even Chad or I have, you get that call from work like, oh shit, I gotta take this. So you have to step outside and take the work call. I've gotten text from uh, Susan, my wife, that said, hey, um, I need your answer on this thing or hey, this thing happened or whatever the case. It happens sometime, I guess. I get, I, I get that. I totally get that. I, I'm, I totally get that part. I really do. But I'm talking about an over-the-top excessiveness is what I'm getting at. It's like literally every ten, five, ten minutes, he's getting a text and having a reply. We peer pressure the shit out of people when that happens. When someone in our group gets like a bunch of text messages um, from the girlfriend or the wife or whatever it is, we'll, we'll, the whole game stops. We stare at them and go, dude, are you done? They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Come on, focus, man. You know, when you're one person and there's eight people staring at you, you're like, oh, crap, I, I was being disruptive. I apologize. So we've been together, as I've said many times, for for a long time, you know, 20-plus years. So we have a certain level of, hey, stop that, that I can look at you, point at you directly and say, Chris, stop doing that. Oh, I'm sorry, Brad, I'll put it down. Where he says, I'm sorry, I really have to take this because I have to get this done because I'm texting – the uh, the person at the pharmacy because my mother's meds are late or whatever it is. Oh, well, shit, dude, I get that. Okay, you know, if but if you're just having a sidebar conversation with somebody, girlfriend, boyfriend, um, buddy from work or whatever, the group will <laughs> quote unquote turn on you and say, "Hey, put the goddamn phone away. We're playing a game here. You're disruptive." And I know not every group can do that. And quite frankly, 
John, I don't know if I could um, how I would do that. At a, I mean, at a con, it's easier to to be that rude game master says, "Could you please put the phone away because it's kind of distracting?" Because it's a con game, and you can kind of make that you can make that happen. But if I were running for you and a bunch of other folks I didn't know in a kind of friendly atmosphere at your place or my place, and I don't know you all that well, it's not as easy to just peer pressure that man and woman and, and uh, give them shit, you know, until they put the phone away. So I got a question we haven't touched on, and I want to be sensitive to time, but other technology at the table. So technology doesn't just necessarily have to stop at tablets, phones, and laptops. What about uh, projectors, right? You project or people are starting to make gaming tables out of LCD TVs and flat screens, and they're mounting them and putting plexiglass over the top. Um, now, some, some folks would say, that's technology, and I'm not in favor of that because I think it should be written out in pencil and paper and you should have a mapper or you should put it down on a, a dry erase pad and draw it out or what have you with a grid um, and not the electronic piece with the token on it. Thoughts? I would. My thought is that if I were to go to that level of technology where I use a projector or an electronic table or something, I need it to be liquid smooth for me, like really fast. I have to be able to use it and not have to have, oh, hang on a second, I forgot to control all this, and hang on, I don't know quite how to do this or whatever. So from my perspective, if I was going to do that, number one, I tell the players, hey, guys, I have a new gaming table. It's made out of a you know, a, a LCD TV. It should be pretty cool. I want to do maps with it. Do you guys like that idea? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, let's try it. Let's see what goes. Bring it, set it up. As long as I prep with it, I practice with it, and I can give it a shot, we'll, we'll, we would uh, be willing to give it a go. The other thing I would do then at the tail end of that is say, hey, y'all, did you like it? Did that make sense? Was that fun? Was it more interactive? Did it do anything? Um, was it distracting or what did we think? And uh, have that discussion post that event. But, you know, it's to me those are really big shared things where it would be Chad, I, and the rest of our group all sharing that technology piece and then you're huddled around it. It's oh, so you want, me, you want me to share my porn? I, I when I'm do. at the table, that's I the do. issue. Is I'm not sharing my porn with you. That's the problem. I I have a serious issue with your lack of sharing, Sean. Chad, Chad, what do you think? Chad, what do you got, man? Um, you know, I I've seen those. I've read about those things, and um, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to try it. I mean, the concept to me is really cool. I'm I'm really old school when it runs comes to running. Though I don't use miniatures. It's complete theater of the mind. And I find that makes combat especially go a whole lot smoother. Because then somebody will go, oh, how close am I to this guy? You know, you're, you're 10 feet away. Chad, you don't draw anything out at the table? Uh, very rarely. Okay. Very, very rarely. Um, when I do a convoluted combat, like if I'm running Pathfinder and, uh, you know, they're going to fight 60, you know, 60 orcs or something, you know, where it's a big battle. I'll I'll put something down. I'll I'll bring out <laughs> my minis are usually dice. I bring out a bunch of dice and I say, okay, these are orcs and they're coming for you. You know, and uh, but no, for the most part, I don't. I in talking to the people I play with, that I usually paint a good enough picture that nobody misses that aspect of it. All right, that's so, fair. That's fair. I can uh, I can uh, accept that. You know, but the idea of this big TV, I mean, it sounds great. You got this TV under there. You can put your maps on there. That's all really great. But, you know, the thing that for me is like, oh, dude, I, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you spent the four grand to do that. But it sucks. We never want to use it again. You know, <laughs> and then I have to go to my wife and go, honey, I spent four grand on this and uh, I'm going to sell it on eBay. So uh, hopefully we'll be <laughs> Because <laughs> the group thinks it blows, so we don't want to touch it again. High roll, high Brett's gonna get that one anyway. He's gonna, he doesn't care. It's this, it's, he's just burning cash over there. Exactly, that's my thing. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, so let's uh, just a word from our sponsor, quick, from Grayed Out Productions. Tired of reaching into a dirty sack to get your dice? Do you have to dump all of your dice on the table just to find the exact one you need? Have a dice bag that is drab, boring, and just plain bleh? Well, get yourself a dice bag from Great Out Productions. 
Michael Althauser, not only the owner, but a gamer, makes quality handmade dice bags that can be printed with a custom logo, or you can choose from ones in his gallery. Great Up Productions, maker of fine dice bags. Use the promo code GAMINGNBS to receive 10% off his website, greatout.etsy.com. Follow the link in our show notes. All right. So let's head into die roll, shall we, gentlemen? I think we can. All right. Die roll where we have 2D4 miscellaneous points of gaming, geekery, what have you, um, to talk about bringing it to the attention of individuals that are listening to us right now. Brett, you have three. You rolled a three on your die roll. I had um, the last game for 2014 with my group, uh, Chad and I and the others. Did you sing Old Lang Syne? Yeah, we did. We did do that. Uh, no, no, we did not. But we got together yesterday, had a really good session. It was um, a very short story. We uh, wrapped up within three sessions. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, it was heavy investigative, um, fantasy-type setting, but it was really cool. A lot of uh, a lot of good red herrings to sort through, a lot of connections having to be uh, pulled in and figure out new secrets about the world, the city they were in, how the characters worked, how the different races, and all this cool stuff. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, as I said before, it's tough when you can only get together once a month and the holidays kick in. It's hard to get my group together. We didn't, we weren't able to play in uh, November at all. So coming back in December for a, for a game just before the end of the year was pretty cool. That was nice. <clears throat> the other thing I got is I was up there. I was at Johnny C's. Johnny C's is one of the game stores in the Wasser area, and uh, he's at he's at uh, Evercon. And one of the things that my buddy Zave and I stop in before we get get to gaming, and we're like, hey, let's just check out what he's got. So I'm scoping through his used books and this, that, and the other thing. And Dave's off arguing with somebody about the latest uh, <clears throat> Warhammer Fantasy something end times crap that's going on over there. And I've always been a big fan of Space Hulk. I had the original box set, and like a dumbass, I gave it away many, many years ago. So I see he's got it on a table there, like five, six copies of it. It looks like it's on a sale table. I'm like, oh, wow, if he's actually got a sale on this, maybe pretty good. Well, it turned out, you know, normally $125, i have actually seen it for a $150 game. I got it for 90 bucks. So I am super jacked up that I got a hold of that. So it's got some awesome figs in it. Uh, I can't wait to glue them together and get painting on those. That's going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> Pretty excited about that. And um, kind of in the direct contradiction to my comments from the other session, I found out late last week about Pathfinder Unchained, which I believe most people refer to as Pathfinder 2.0. But... I did a brief bit of looking up on that, and I'm like, well, you know, from a Pathfinder perspective, that might be kind of interesting. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. That could be that could be kind of cool. I don't know enough about it as to what the, you know, mechanical changes or anything like that might be. Just the blurb that they have on the Paizo website is pretty much all I've been able to, to sort out. So I'm going to keep keep track of that. That could be pretty sweet. I'm surprised, you know, as much as many gamers as that that I'm connected to on on Google Plus, and and uh, I, I'm surprised I don't get enough. I mean, Paizo is a big giant. I mean, they're probably falling to second to five E or will be soon. But I, I'm just surprised I don't see a lot of Pathfinder posts, and that's something that surprises me. As far as Unchained, I'll have to check that out because I've I'm not really in tune with what's going on in that game nowadays. Yeah, kind of what we've talked about it before, where you and I both kind of went through a Pathfinder burnout. Um, and I had a couple Pathfinder communities on Google Plus I've muted or I just I bailed from because I just like, you know what, I have nothing. I don't really, <laughs> I kind of don't care what they're talking about anymore. It's really not that big a deal to me. It was just clogging up my stream. I'm like, ah, I'll get out of this. So I just don't care. But I'm kind of, this could be interesting. If nothing else, just a different take on it. Kind of like 5e. Um, I started reading the rules the other day and looks kind of interesting so if nothing else it might be might be worth my time chad have you heard about unchained at all i not until last night when we were talking about it i and i haven't had a chance to go look at it but uh i don't know um i think it's due out in april of next year so it'll be a while before we physically see it but i'm just i figure what the hell you know start doing some research on see who out there knows stuff right yeah i'm kind of a big fan of pathfinder so i'm definitely going to look into it see you know see what i think of it but i i at this point, I haven't seen anything on it. I'll have to cool. check that out. Isn't it just another source book? Is that the deal? No, it's a complete rewrite. Oh, I shouldn't say complete. It is a rebuild of the rules. Um, 
they're changing a couple different things on some of the classes. I believe the rogue, the monk, summoner, and some of the ways that um, uh, I think some of the mechanical components for um, action resolution, certain different pieces of it. I've just got the website up here. It's 256-page hardcover, alternate rules and options, completely redesigned versions of Barbarian, Monk, Rogue, and Summoner. They've got a new system for resolving player actions, designed to speed play, dispel confusion. Um, they're saying that it's supposed to work seamlessly with existing Pathfinder rules, so that's kind of interesting. So we'll see. Yeah, that's, I'll, I'll keep my eyes on it. If, if that's a true statement that it's going to work seamlessly with Pathfinder, I, I, I'll probably buy in big time. Yeah, I think it's going to be – I know they're taking their knocks with, I don't have enough time to prep, and I don't have enough time to run a three-hour combat. And I think that's probably what it's going to address because that's what 5e is. A lot of people are are like, hey, I, I don't think this is such a bad thing. Yeah, no. It, it's I totally get I totally get where they're coming from, and I know it's has to have been something that Jason Bullman, I'm assuming, is involved in. Again, I've done minimal research, just the basics sound cool. But the design team it must have been working on this for quite some time. Um, and it's no doubt stuff that they saw, like, hey, you know, if we didn't if we weren't charged with maintaining these connections, hence the unchained, I'm, I'm, you know, nomenclature there. If we weren't shackled to this other thing, we would have designed it in this other fashion. So I think um, it's kind of a more of a break from three five and more probably of I don't know may, maybe their take on four. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm just totally theorizing right now. But anyway, should be cool. I want I want to keep track of that. See what I think. So. Sean, I'll shut up. Your turn. All right. So Gamers Behaving Badly. I have two of them. Gamers Behaving Badly. This is a venture by Chris Hussey. I have a link to his Google Plus uh, profile page. Chris is an individual I know from Iowa. Uh, Don't hold that against him. It's quite the pleasant state of the U.S. But uh, he kickstarted Table Tales, um, and it did not fund. I don't know if he put it back up again, but it is – Moving forward, as a matter of fact, by the time that you hear this or by the time the episode drops, um, I believe the first episode of Table Tales will be out there. And what it is is a um, MP3 format of people sitting at a gaming table. It's kind of like the the experiences we've had at the RPG table in a uh, melodrama. And it's it's supposed to be funny – I shouldn't say it's supposed to be funny. It is funny, amusing, um, but it talks about some of the things we've run into where, oh, geez, I don't know if it talks about, I, and I listened to a couple episodes. I just can't think of them overly in detail right now because they sent me like five of them, but it's good. Check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. It's quite long to get to the actual gamers behaving badly, but it's at tabletalesseries.com. Um, but again, uh, link in the show notes. Give it a check out, uh, and it's very well done. Uh, very good uh, sound quality, um, and he's got individuals from Fear the Boot on there. And if you've ever listened to Fear the Boot, they're another podcast. They're a long running RPG podcast, and I respect those guys for being out there as long as they've been. Second one, one bookshelf. This is a toxic one. I'm not going to go into the details. One Bookshelf, um, which is the owner of Drive Through RPG, actually removed an item recently, and they posted on G Plus, which is I thought uh, interesting because it usually when a organization is going to address a certain issue, let's say I'm Amazon and we're going to pull a book from our inventory, they will put the press release on their website and then they will maybe send out the press release but reference and go back to their website. Um, I don't know if I can actually find this on drive through RPG. I haven't actually searched for it. Um, and I think the reason they posted on G plus, um, and they may have posted on Twitter, just a link to, I don't know if it was a public link on, I know it was a public link on G plus, but essentially somebody released a card game, um, that had to do, it was supposedly to be satirical. And of course you can be the judge of that, but it had to do with this topic of Gamergate. And if you don't know what Gamergate is, I'm not going to hear, I'm not even going to entertain elaborating on that whole issue. It's out there. Just Google it and you will find all kinds of stuff on Gamergate. It's a big, huge issue. 
um, mostly in video games, but it has crossed over into RPGs to some extent. But anyways, I just thought it was interesting that they, so I bring this up in dice die roll because it's a big, big deal to the fact that they have stated that they don't typically remove something from their inventory or something that they've offered gamers. And this is one of those. So kind of a big deal. I think some people may say, meh, who cares? It's their business. No big deal. But, um, I don't know. The only thing that, the only thing that irked me about the whole thing was, um, the people that are vitriolically just super freaking angry about this to the, you know, this is more important than world hunger kind of attitude. And I'm like, really guys? I, I, I mean, I get that, you know, they're taking it to a level of this is censorship um, versus, you know, it's a business and they, and they made a decision about something or whatever. But I, I can, I can get the calm, rational discussion a hell of a lot more than I can get, you know, I was, I was called a fascist, a communist, and a bunch of other things because they said, well, I'm not sure about, and I asked a question, and people are like, holy shit. Yeah, if you want to get, you'll get banned. And I'm like, wow, this is a really good way to get yelled at. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm not talking to people anymore. People are going to block you if you take a stance on, and it doesn't even matter what side you're on, if you take the wrong stance. And I will actually go as far to say that if you go on one particular side, you are more apt to get blocked by the individual. They just, there is very, there are some folks that are very, uh, they don't have a very high threshold of tolerance when it comes to some of the social issues that happen to creep up in RPGs for some ungodly reason. And of course, because I don't take a particular stance so heavy handedly that I'm probably part of the problem. And if I don't think it's a big deal, then I haven't experienced what the social issue is. I know I, I've already said too much. I've already said too much. <laughs> it's just it's a good it's a good way if you really if you want to re- remember why arguments with idiots online are just painful and that you you can't win with certain folks. Oh god! Um, just, just search around for it. You'll find it. You're like, wow, there's a bunch of people here who have uh, very strongly made up their mind, and even if you ask the question, they'll just bite your head off. You know, I it's just... kind of like the. It's the usual, you know, you, you go on a certain website and say, hey, I'm kind of curious about X and, you know, it's the usual. You just can't, you can't win a freaking argument online. I just want a game, I just want a game, man. I just want a game. That's going to be my saying. Every time something posts, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do from now on. I just want a game. All I do is want to play, I want to roll dice, leave me alone. I just want, everybody repeat it with me. I just just want a game. I want a game. I just want a game. All right. All right. We're getting close now. We got to bring it down. So skill check. Now, this is a segment of the show that we bring up when we have a guest. Chad, you're our guest, man. Congratulations. Welcome to the show again for the second time. Are you ready for skill check? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. All right. Here we go. Skill check. So we, if you've, you've never done this before, Chad, if you've never heard this, this is where we ask you one to five or five approximately rapid questions on what something about your gaming background and you can uh don't elaborate too long we're just looking for the short and quick but okay first number one gm or player yes <laughs> that was an or oh, it was you a- stumped you stumped sean attention to detail <laughs> chad that was an or question yeah I, I get that but i do both and i do both about as much so which one would you prefer to do? Yeah, which, which one you do you prefer? prefer? Which do I prefer? I prefer to play. All right, play. There it is. You have it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, fighter, magic user, thief, or cleric? Um, Thief. PC death. Great for story or please don't kill my guy? Uh, great for story. I, I don't mind character death. Or I should say PC death. We... I remember the last the episode. Yeah, no, no play, no player death. Character death is okay. Player death is bad. I learned that. There's there's still laws right. enforced for that. D and D in prison is no fun. No. Uh, they lurk there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm moving on. Rules lawyer, <laughs> rules lawyer, power gamer, or what is the uh, last one that I have down there? Builder. I don't even. Know. What's that? Character builder. Character builder. I, Character builder. I I enjoy see 
seeing where my character's going. It drives me nuts when people plan out their character to level 20, and it's like, A, chances are you're not going to make it to level 20, and B, what's the story going to really tell you to do with that character, and are you just going to throw that to the side because I want to be the most powerful, min-maxed piece of garbage, you know, wizard I can be. So I, I prefer to build my character along with the storyline. If, if if the storyline, I start out and I'm, and I'm playing a cup curse, let's say, but by third level I, I haven't pickpocketed once and I've been beating stuff up, I'm going to change my build to, you know, maybe make them dual wielding or, you know, something like that. I, I, I don't like predetermining where my character is going to go. All right. Rule zero or I'm a player and I have equal rights. Rule uh, zero is the game master is always right. That's right. I'm, I, I fall somewhere in between that. I will, 99% of the time, I will um, allow the DM to be right because it's his game. It's his world. He, he or she wants to show me a storyline. And if some rule doesn't fit his storyline, so be it. I mean, I'm, I'm there to have fun. I'm there to be entertained and I'm and I'm there to have a story woven to me and I'm not going to try to try to mess it up. All right, what's your favorite RPG Chad's last one? Uh plain and simple Call of Cthulhu. All right, you heard it there, Chad Knight, ladies and gentlemen, completing the mighty skill check. And I just want to thank everybody for joining, especially our guest Chadley. Do you mind if I call you Chadley, or are you going to get mad at me, Chad? I'm not going to get mad at you. I'll just uh, I'll just kidney punch you the first time I meet you. Fair enough. I appreciate that. <laughs> he's not a mad. He's not a mad. He's a get even guy. There you go. I've known Chad long enough. Chad, thanks, man. I appreciate you being on, brother. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, this has been an episode of Gaming and BS. We hope you enjoy. Send us an email at Gaming and BS at gmail.com look us up on twitter facebook or google plus we appreciate you tuning in thanks so much i'm your host sean and i'm brett good night good game and all